So there's one question I've always was dying to ask you. Uh, but of course, we always get concerned about, oh, am I going to be shadow banned by YouTube and whatnot? But the heck with it. Um, because you wrote, apart from the Jekyll, uh, creature from Jekyll Island, uh, World Without Cancer. And I always had this question, and it may seem like a very elementary question because I don't have a medical background, so please, uh, please forgive my ignorance on this topic. But I know that a lot of people have this question because I've had this conversation with so many folks who just wonder, look how fast we found a, a vaccine for COVID. But why have, have we never found a cure for cancer? And I know they can't be compared and I get the mutations of cancer and whatnot, but do you have any insights that you can share on that? I mean, have you, yeah, have you thought yeah. of that? Oh, I, yes, that's the, that's the big question. And uh, the answer is obvious when you understand <clears throat> what the goal of the pharmaceutical industry is. I was raised on the idea that the big giant pharmaceutical companies were magnificent institutions. They had the best scientists and chemists in the world, and they were tracking down uh, cures for all these dreaded diseases. And then gradually I became aware of the thing you just mentioned. How come after all these years, these diseases that they've been fighting ha are still with us? And actually in most cases, they're worse than ever before in spite of all the money that was spent and all the therapy that was administered. And that's when I got interested in this. And as you know, I did write that book on World Without Cancer, and that forced me to, to uh, examine the roots of the industry. And I resisted the idea at first because people were telling me, you got to go back to Nazi Germany to get the understanding of the roots of the, of the pharmaceutical industry. It was all started by Nazis. Oh, come on, give me a break. I want to start with the medical issues, you know. Well, it turns out that they were right. I found out that um, the pharmaceutical industry as we know it now is an outgrowth of uh, a cartel that had its original roots in Germany. Um, IG Farben is its name, Interessengemeinschaft Farbindustrie. And um, it's a, it was a huge, giant cartel. And out of that, uh, Standard Oil became a partner with them, and then the Rockefellers got involved, and all of a sudden the Rockefellers are not only investing in, in everything else, and, and not only oil and the auto industry, and not only the railroads and so forth, but all of a sudden they're big investors in the pharmaceutical industry too. So all of a sudden I'm beginning to get a glimpse of how this thing evolved, and what I discovered, uh, Donella, is that Rockefeller and Carnegie and some others decided that they were going to buy up the uh, medical uh, industry. And they, there was something called the Flexner Report, uh, which was written by Abraham Flexner, Dr. Abraham Flexner, who was employed by Rockefeller to survey all the medical institutions in America and do a report to Congress illustrating how much uh, reform was needed in medicine. So. Um, he did that, and that's, that was called the Flexner Report, and it was very famous, and the, the, the conclusion was what everybody knew, and that is that there was quite a bit of quackery out there. People would hang out their certificates and say, I'm a doctor, and they weren't, and they'd, they'd say, you, you know, come and I'll, I'll fix your ailments, like Rockefeller's father himself was a snake oil salesman. There were people like that out there, and uh, uh, so the report was that we need reform, well, Congress read that and didn't want to spend the money on the reform. 
So the Rockefellers stepped up and said, well, well, we'll fund it. And so they began to spend quite a bit of money donating it to the medical institutions uh, in America uh, to hire the best scientists, the best chemists they could find to get the most expensive equipment, build new buildings, and bring about reform in medicine in America so that when people get their diploma, they could depend that they were trained and they were, they were uh, appropriate for the job. Well, along with the money came control. We found out that on every one of these teaching institutions in America, the great hospitals, except one, there was one that didn't do that, and it, it eventually went out of business because it didn't get the money, and everybody else got money from the Rockefellers, and they were able to compete and, and buy influence in Congress and get laws passed to declare everybody else as quacks, and only those who were producing drugs from um, uh, oil and uh, carbon-based drugs, nothing from nature, uh, but things that could be patented. And so they, all of these uh, great medical institutions became puppets of the uh, Rockefellers and their indirect uh, acquisition of the great pharmaceutical uh, institutions. They were heavily involved in those in Europe as well. And, um, and so they in insisted that only uh, the, the curricula that doctors started to learn uh, when they went to school to get this newfound knowledge was heavily, hev totally actually, uh, aligned toward medications that were based on uh, carbon-based oil products and nothing from nature. And everything had to be patented so that you could charge very high prices for it. And this, this is how medical the medical profession in America and eventually around the world was captured by investors in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. So as a result, our good doctors were enrolled in school as students and they were taught from day one about drugs, 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 drugs. And they came out the other end with understanding that there was every condition, medical condition that you can think of, the treatment of choice should be a drug of some kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how it turned out, and it still is. And now we come to the, the, to the model today, and I saw a video not too long ago on some lady who was a, a salesman for one of the large pharmaceutical companies, and she was going around to different doctors and selling, you know, doctor so-and-so, here, take this, here's a sample, use it, it's very good for cancer or rheumatism or whatever. And uh, she finally resigned, and she held a press conference. And I saw her statement on camera. She said, when I finally realized that the companies, and especially the company I worked for, was not interested in curing any disease at all, because that's, the, that's a bad business model. If you cure a disease, you lose a customer. So it would be silly to cure a disease. It's profitable to keep the disease active, but to give people medication so that they can continue to work and maybe not be well, but keep them sick, but uh, well enough to, to uh, survive and keep them on your drugs for the rest of their lives, but never, ever, ever cure anything. And she said, I can't take that anymore, so she quit. And that was the day I realized that that was a business model and it's, it's the business model of Western medicine. So now you ask me how come all that money was spent and they didn't, they didn't find a cure for cancer is because they went out of their way not to find a cure for cancer. And I can attest to that because I found out that when this substance called laetrile, which everybody thought was quackery because it was found in nature, 
You can't find anything in apricot seeds that would cure cancer, could you? Why, wait, the best scientists in the world can't cure cancer. Well, you, what makes you think you can pick an, an apricot and cure cancer? You know, there's that kind of an argument. Well, cat, actually, the apricot seeds do have quite interesting chemistry in them that there's antipathy of cancer. Anyway, so that's how it goes. The answer is that the modern medical um, business model is to control a disease and keep it alive, but never cure it and treat it with very expensive drugs. And hopefully to get the government to pay for it so that um, you don't have to worry about what price you charge or just whatever you tell them it costs, that's what it costs. Everybody has to have it like a vaccine. Everybody is forced to take it. What a business model that is. So that was quite an awakening for me. And it's one of those red pills I'm talking about. Right. More people right. have to take that red pill. Wow. Keep them sick. Well, thank you for taking the time to explain that and to, uh, to answer that uh, for me.